We are continuing our series, Jesus Teach Us to Pray. In fact, we're wrapping it up today. And for this whole month of February, we've been talking about the subject of prayer. And we have been just talking about what prayer is, why it's important, why we need to do it. And the backdrop for this series actually comes from Luke's gospel in Luke chapter 11. In Luke 11, it's pretty cool. Jesus is off praying, and the disciples come to him, and they say, Lord, teach us to pray. The disciples come to Jesus and make this incredible request, this powerful request to say, Lord, teach us how to pray. And it's really cool when you think about it. That's the only thing the disciples ever asked Jesus to teach them how to do. You know, they never asked him, how do we heal the sick? How do we raise the dead? How do we walk on water or any of those kinds of things? They only said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And so our heart in this series and our motivation why we did this sermon series is we want to be like the disciples. And we've just come to the Lord as a church to say, would you teach us, Lord, here at Martha Bowman, how to pray? Would you teach us how to be people of prayer? You know, and prayer is one of the biggest subjects in all the Bible and so what we've specifically done in this series is we have looked at Jesus and prayer. We have studied the life of Jesus in the Gospels to see how Jesus prayed, what he taught, what he modeled, and what he called us to do in prayer. Jesus, in case you don't know, he is the greatest person of prayer who ever lived. And there's nobody even in second place. He's that far ahead. And so who better to study about prayer than the best, best person who ever did it? So we've been trying to learn a little bit about prayer through the life of Jesus. Now, in week one of the series, what we talked about was we talked about the importance of prayer. And we talked about how prayer is the most important part of our faith. That for you and I, as men and women of God, we are called to be people of prayer. And that your prayer life and my prayer life is the most important part of our faith. That needs our most, our attention, our greatest effort, our greatest energy. That we need to seek to grow in it. Uh, two weeks ago, Tim preached. And Tim talked about the power of prayer. And he talked about how when we pray... Prayer actually works, that when we pray, God moves. You know, that when we pray, God changes things, he changes us, and he answers our prayer. And then last week, Fran preached, and Fran talked about how so often in prayer, we come to God with our needs and our wants and our desires, and to us, those needs, wants, and desires are so big. At least that's how we kind of see them. We kind of see what we want and need as huge, and we see God as too small. And so we want to flip that, and when we come in prayer, we want to see how great and big God is. And that we can switch that to where we see how great God is. And then we can see our own requests and our needs in the proper perspective. So these first three weeks as we've been doing these sermons, those have been focused on you and I in terms of our individual prayer life. We've been talking about prayer, how you can grow individually, how I can grow individually. Now what we want to do today is we actually want to flip that. And today we want to talk about us as a corporate body. And we want to talk about corporate prayer. We want to talk about what role prayer plays for us as a church corporately when we come together as a church, church-wide community, how important prayer is in that context. And the reason we want to talk about that is, and we announced this earlier today, and we've been announcing this for the last couple weeks, so this is not going to be anything new, but today at 5 o'clock, we are coming together for a church-wide prayer meeting, and we hope all of you can be there. It's going to be from 5 to 6 o'clock. We're going to come. We're going to be in this room. We're going to come together as a church. And we just feel like there's some things the Lord wants us to pray for. And so we're going to come together and cry out for that. We want to come together as a church-wide family, community, house of the Lord, and come before him in prayer and say, God, we need you. And so my sermon today is pretty much going to be why we're going to do that. My sermon today is about the importance of corporate prayer, why we need to do it, and why we're coming together today at 5 o'clock. So that's where we're headed 
in terms of my message. Now, in order to talk about this, we are going to be in Matthew 21. And in Matthew 21, we find a really cool story with Jesus. And it's a pretty cool story, and it's actually kind of a shocking story. Because you're going to see a side of Jesus we almost never see. You're going to see a side of Jesus. I mean, honestly, for me, I've read this story, you know, countless times. And every time I read it, I'm just like, wow, I cannot believe Jesus acted that way. And so it's a really cool, powerful teaching in terms of what Jesus says. But the side of Jesus we see is pretty shocking. So it's a pretty cool story. But in this particular passage in Matthew 21, Jesus teaches us very specifically about corporate prayer and why it's so important for us. So, um, it's printed, the scripture is in your bulletin, and it's also going to be up on the screen. But this is going to be Matthew 21, verses 12 and 13. I'll read it to you. Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you're making it a den of robbers. All right, let's pray. Jesus, we come before you now, and Lord, we just repeat and echo the request of the disciples when we say, Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, we thank you for all that you've done so far in this series, how you have been speaking to us and shaping us, and Lord, making us more and more people of prayer. And so, Lord, we ask today that you would come and speak, God, that you would teach us, Lord, what it means to be a corporate body who prays and why we need that. Lord, we need to hear from you, so would you come open our hearts and our minds to your word and to your voice. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so Matthew 21. Here's what's going on. And again, I think this is kind of a cool, shocking story. Jesus comes to Jerusalem. This is actually the start of the last week of Jesus' life. A week from this account that we just read, Jesus is going to die on the cross. And so he's come to Jerusalem, and he specifically came to Jerusalem because it's the Passover feast. And what the Passover feast was, the Jewish people and their religion, they had three major feasts and festivals they celebrated every year, the main one being Passover. And what Passover was, it was the Jews remembering and celebrating God's deliverance for them out of slavery in Egypt, back in the book of Exodus. And so when the Passover feast was held, Jews from all over Jerusalem, the surrounding areas, the Roman Empire, as many as could, they would come to Jerusalem because they wanted to come to sacrifice and to worship. And so the Jews would come, and they would sacrifice an animal, specifically a dove, to atone for their sins. And so Jesus goes to the temple where this is taking place. But Jesus gets to the temple, and he does not like what he sees happening. And here's what's going on. Because so many people, the Jews had to travel. I mean, even the Jews in Jerusalem, but they came from everywhere. They didn't usually have their own animal, a dove, to sacrifice for their sins. So they would have to get to the temple, and then they would buy one. But the problem was there were these vendors and money changers selling these doves for sacrifice, but they were overcharging people. So what ends up happening is these honest, like earnest worshipers were coming to Jerusalem, and then there were these people overcharging them to make a profit off of their worship. And not only that, the temple itself was profiting from these profits. And Jesus is really not happy about this, that there are people making money off of worship. And so Jesus, totally unbelievable, he just starts tearing the place apart. I mean, he literally starts tearing the room up. He starts flipping over the tables. He's throwing the benches, throwing the money, because there's this righteous anger in Jesus that this is taking place in God's house. John's gospel, it records this same story. 
it says Jesus made a whip out of cords to drive out the money changers. Now, he wasn't like physically whipping them, but he was just using it to kind of scare them and drive them out. I mean, this is a shocking picture of Jesus, in my opinion. Because we think of Jesus as like Mr. Happy, always smiling, never gets mad. You know, all those kind of weird pictures you see in churches where Jesus is like had this weird look on his face and he's always happy. Like, that's not what we see here. Jesus, I mean, he just goes like Rick Grimes. I don't know. He just like tears the place apart. And it's really shocking. But there's a deeper issue going on. Jesus is not just mad because people are profiting off of worship. That's kind of, that's happening, and he's, there's a deeper issue. That's kind of the surface issue. But here's really why Jesus is upset. He's mad because he comes to the temple, and there's something that's not happening in the temple that's supposed to be happening. All right, let me just kind of give you the picture here. Jesus comes to the temple. The temple is the house of God. It's the house of worship, and it's the Passover feast, and the Jews have come from everywhere to gather. So they're in the house of God. The community of faith, the corporate community has gathered in the house of God. And in the midst of that, there's something not happening that's supposed to be happening. All right, there's something that the people of God should be doing that they're not when they're gathered. And the thing that they're not doing is this. They're not praying. They're not praying. The corporate community is gathered in the house of God, and they're not praying. And Jesus is really not happy about this. And what we understand, because Jesus says in verse 13, we read it. He says, my house will be a house of prayer. Jesus explains why he's really mad. He says, I'm mad because my house is supposed to be a house of prayer. And in this instance, it's not being that. And so Jesus is telling us that in his house, when the corporate community comes together, their job, first and foremost, is to come together and pray. That when the corporate community of God gathers together, their first job, their top priority above everything else that they're supposed to do is they're, come, they're supposed to come together and to pray corporately. That's the teaching about corporate prayer that Jesus is telling us and sharing with us in Matthew 21. And so for every church that has ever existed from that time till now, till whenever Jesus returns... The top job, the top priority of any church when the corporate community comes together is to pray. That we are to come together and seek God and cry out to him. That there's supposed to be a house of prayer. And I just want to say to us here today that Martha Bowman Church, we are above everything else we do, we are called to be a house of prayer. We are called and commanded by God to be a house of prayer that we are to come together from time to time corporately and pray and cry out to God for this church, for each other, for our city, and whatever else the Holy Spirit might ask us and tell us to pray for. But that's our top calling, our first job as a church, is that we are to be a house of prayer, that we are to come together corporately and pray. And that's who Martha Bowman United Methodist is supposed to be, above everything else that we do. And God has called us and commanded us and mandated that we be that. Now, when I say we're supposed to be a house of prayer and come together, here's what I mean. We're supposed to come together and just to kind of, because I think when you say we're supposed to be a house of prayer, that sounds really big and important. Let me clarify what I mean. What we mean in this specific context is this. To be a house of prayer is periodically from time to time, the leadership of this church, the staff of this church, 
as the Spirit leads us, we're supposed to call the church together to pray. And we're supposed to say, hey, at this day and at this time, church, we're letting you know, we're coming together to pray. And we invite everyone and we just open up the doors. That's what I'm talking about. That from time to time, we call the church together at a certain day and a certain time to pray. Let me read you this verse. This is from Joel chapter 2. The prophet Joel writes this. He says, blow the trumpet in Zion, declare a holy fast, call a sacred assembly, gather the people, consecrate the assembly, let the priests who minister before the Lord weep between the portico and the altar. And what Joel is talking about, he's saying that from time to time, the people of God are supposed to be called together to pray corporately. That periodically, as the Spirit leads us, we come together and we say, God, we're coming here to pray because we need you, and we are crying out because we are desperate for you. And so what we're doing today at 5 o'clock is trying to do that. We're trying to live that out. We're trying to obey the Lord and be in a house of prayer. All right, we're going to come together today at 5 o'clock and say, all right, Lord, you tell us to gather. We are coming together February 26, 5 o'clock. We're going to pray for an hour and cry out to you because we need the Lord to come. So that's why we're doing it. And again, this whole prayer meeting we're having today is us taking a step and trying to live out this mandate and obey the Lord in terms of being a house of prayer. So that's what we're doing today at 5 o'clock. Now, I want to say something here because I don't want there to be any confusion or discouragement. I don't want anybody to mishear what I'm saying. When you talk about being a house of prayer, I want to say that what I'm not saying to us I'm not saying that currently we are not a house of prayer. I'm not saying that we are not one of these already. I really do believe that this church, as we are doing things, we are a house of prayer. And I don't want there to be any confusion. I'm not saying, hey, we're having this prayer meeting. We're talking about this today because this church, we're not doing what we're supposed to do. That's not what's going on. I know that we are trying and seeking to be a house of prayer. There's a lot of prayer that happens here. For example... We have staff prayer every week. We have a great prayer team. By the way, we have a prayer room, in case you didn't know that. If you ever want to use it, we've got a prayer garden. Our ministry teams pray. We've got a prayer team. We've got prayer happening here. So I don't want to say that, hey, we're not doing this, and shame on us. That's not what's going on. But I do want to say this. I'm just going to be honest. We still need to grow a lot in prayer as a church. And that's okay, because every church does. But we need to go deeper in prayer. We need to give ourselves more fully to this. We're doing it, but we need to do it better. And we need to do it more fully. We need to do it more radically. And so this prayer meeting today is just one step in that direction, trying to live out God's mandate to be a house of prayer. You know, in this prayer meeting, we're going to start doing these more down the road. It's not just about today, but creating this more as a part of our culture that we can be and live out being house of prayer. So I just want to be clear. I'm not saying we don't pray. I'm not saying what is wrong with us. That's not what's going on. But this is God inviting us to take another step, I think an important step, in the direction we're already trying to live out. But again, we're going to do that today at 5 o'clock. So we're asking y'all to come back at 5 o'clock, and we're asking the church to gather. But we need to understand why are we doing this? I mean, Jesus tells us to be a house of prayer. And so in one sense, it's like, well, Jesus tells us to do this. I guess that should be enough. But there actually is more reasoning that we need to understand, that we need to know in order to do this. So let me try to explain it this way. Okay, 
So we want to come together and pray. And the reason we need to pray corporately is this, is that prayer is what causes God to move. Prayer is what causes God to move. Prayer is the fuel that moves God's kingdom and moves the gospel. See, the way God has set up his kingdom is that his kingdom relies on his people coming together and praying. You know, Paul talks about that we are co-laborers with Christ, and one of the ways that God has united himself to us is that he moves as his people prays. That's the way Jesus does it. Now, I have to admit, sometimes I think Jesus is a little crazy because we're people and we're fallen and we're broken and we can be lazy and we can be forget. Like, I don't always think this is probably the best system, but this is how God has set it up. And I can just tell you that God's kingdom moves and is fueled by the prayer of God's people. Now, that doesn't give us the credit. God does everything, but God waits for us to pray and to cry out to him. This is how it works. And as we pray, God moves. And as we don't pray, God waits for us to pray. This is how it works. John Wesley, our denomination's namesake, he said this. He said, God does nothing except through prayer. God does nothing except through prayer. What that means is that God moves when we pray. And if we will pray, God will move. And if we won't, he's going to wait. And if we don't pray, God has promised us absolutely nothing. But if we'll pray, there is no limit to what God might do here. And all of heaven will be at our disposal. If we won't be a praying people, God has promised us absolutely nothing. But if we'll pray... There's no limit to what God might do. And let me tell y'all, and I'm just being honest, like, we have gifted people here. I think we've got pretty good preachers. We've got great worship leaders, small group Sunday schools, ministries, all of that. Let me tell you, if God doesn't show up, we really ought to go home. Because I can tell you this, I am not that gifted. And I have nothing good to offer you, and neither does Tim, Fran, Liz, Ashley. Take your pick of anybody who is a part of what we do here. We have got to have the Holy Spirit. And if we want the Holy Spirit, we got to pray. This is just how it works. And again, if we'll pray, there's no limit to what God will do. And so again, us coming together today to pray from five to six is just us taking a step in that direction corporately. That we have got to come together corporately and cry out to the Lord if we want him to move here. And I know that we do. I mean, I know you guys. I know your hearts. We want to see God move. And if we want to see him move, we got to pray. So, we're going to come together today, and I want us to understand. I, I don't want to, like, oversell what we're doing today in, in, in this sense. Like, this is really important, but this is a cultural lifestyle we need to build as a church. I don't want to just highlight today, like, all we got to do is come together today and pray, and everything's great. It's not what I'm saying. Today is one step of many steps for us as a church. Today is the first step of, you know, I don't even know, a billion steps of prayer we need to take. Um, Samuel Chadwick, you may not have heard of him, but if you ever want to read a cool Christian writer, he says this. He says, the answer to prayer, the gr- I'm sorry, the greatest answer to prayer is more prayer. And so we, me as a church, we want to more cultivate to be a house of prayer, a lifestyle, a culture of prayer where we continually and faithfully cry out to God to come here and move. And today is just one step among many we need to take corporately. 
And it's a good step, and I'm excited. And I know the Lord's going to meet us, and he's going to show up. But I didn't want to oversell today's prayer. Like, this is all we got to do. No, this is the first of, I don't know, 11 billion steps we need to take. I mean, we just, we got to do this. But today is an important step. And um, let me say this too. What we have here as a church is good. And what God is doing here is really good. And I want y'all to know that. We're not talking about being a house of prayer because things are bad or we're in trouble or the ship's going down. It's nothing like that. We've got really good stuff here and God has been so good to us and good things are happening. The gospel's being preached. Lives are being transformed. It's great. But I want you to know we have not even begun to taste and experience I believe the tip of the iceberg of what God wants to do. God, our God, is the God of the more. And there's always more that the Holy Spirit wants to do. And so what we've got going is good. We've got a really good past where God has done wonderful things, but we have not even begun to taste all that God wants to do. The fullness that God wants to do here, the dreams and the purposes that he has planned for this church, we have no idea. Ephesians 3 talks about that God will do more than we can even amass, I'm sorry, ask or imagine. It's so much bigger and better than we could think. And if we want to get into God's fullness, we've got to pray. And we need to come together corporately and cry out to him. You know, when you read the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 2 is the day of Pentecost, where the Holy Spirit's poured out and the church begins and this great revival happens where thousands are saved and thousands are healed. It's really great. But the reason the church could experience Acts 2 was because they prayed in Acts 1. Acts 2 is awesome. Pentecost, the Holy Spirit, and that's what we want to be happening more here. But they got to Acts 2 because they were living as an Acts 1 church. And so if we want to move into God's fullness, if we want to experience an Acts 2 type move of God, we have got to be a people who live in Acts 1, that we come together and we pray. And if we will, we will be shocked and blown away by what God will do. And so I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you, as we come together today, we hope you can be there. And as we do this going forward, that you can be a part of this more and more. That God has called us to be a house of prayer. And if we want to see God move, we've got to come together and pray. Prayer is the fuel for God's kingdom. And God does nothing except through prayer. But if we'll pray, God will come. And if we'll pray, he'll do so much more than we could ever dream or imagine. So, with all that being said, I want to take a couple minutes. I want to talk to you about this afternoon when we come together, just to kind of give you a preview of what's going to happen. So, first thing I want to say is this. If you cannot make it, that's okay. I just want to put that out there. Um, I don't want there to be any guilt or condemnation. If you can't make it, you're not going to be there. You're off the hook. We're not taking attendance. We're not going to keep roll. Um, If you can't make it, you can't make it. But we hope you can. I want to know everybody is invited. This service, um, traditional service, the youth, everybody, we want as many people to come. Um, and by the way, we are going to have nursery. So if you've got a little kid, you're like, oh, I can't come. I got a nursery age kids. We got you covered. So now if you have kind of an older kid, not nursery, but maybe like six or seven, something like that, we want your children to actually come and be a part of the prayer meeting. There won't be like I kids for kind of older kids, but... We want them here. We've got some stuff for them. We got you covered. So just know that. But here's how it's going to work. Just give you kind of a very broad overview. We're going to come here at 5. And how we're going to do this is we're going to basically combine 
praying and worship. And so myself, Fran, Tim, and John are going to lead a few different prayer topics from the mic up here on stage. And then when we, after we pray, the band is going to lead us in a worship song that ties to that prayer topic. So we're just going to kind of flow between prayer and worship. Now, this is just me. I don't know if you've ever been to a prayer meeting where it's just prayer. It's usually really boring. Like, if you just sit there for an hour, like, I don't want you to think I've got to stand in my stand or sit for an hour and we're just going to pray. That would be, I wouldn't come to that prayer meeting, okay? We want to make this more engaging. So just know it's going to flow between worship and prayer. We're going to take communion. It's just going to be a really good, powerful time. So that's a really kind of broad picture of how the prayer meeting is going to go. But let me just say a couple of things. All right, number one, um, I would say don't think that it's prayer meeting. And a lot of people, I don't know, I just heard people say this, like everybody is called and everybody's invited. Don't think that this is just for like the really spiritual people or the really committed people to our church. All right, we would love everybody to be there. So let me just tell you, there are no such thing as super spiritual people. There's Jesus, and then the rest of us are a big mess, okay? And that's just how it is. I'm just, I'm just telling you, that's okay. So don't think, oh, well, that's for the really committed or the super spiritual people in our church. It's for everybody. So we hope you can come. Don't, don't disqualify yourself from coming. Let me just say that. Number two, um, and just, this is just to put everybody's fears to rest. Um, I've had people say this to me in the past, like, when I've worked at church, and like, hey, we're going to have a prayer meeting. They're like, I would come, but, you know, am I going to have to, like, go on stage and pray or pray on the mic or I don't want to pray in front of people? Look, where you are now generally is just where you're going to be at the prayer meeting, okay? We're not going to make you come on stage. We're not going to hand you a microphone and say, you better pray for this in front of, like, and I have people that have, like, these genuine fears about that. If you come where you are, generally, you're going to be out in the crowd. You might be standing, you might be sitting, but you're not going to have the spotlight on you just to put your fears to rest. I've heard people say, well, I would come, but I was worried y'all were going to make me pray in front of everybody. I'm like, no, you're good. So just know that. All right, third thing I would say is you might be thinking, you know what, I've never been to a prayer meeting. You know, I just, I don't have any experience in this. That's okay. Some of you in here, you've probably been to like a thousand prayer meetings. That's awesome. And I'll tell you this, if you've never been to a prayer meeting, I would, we would be honored if this was your first one. I would think that would be so cool if you're like, yeah, I've never been to a corporate prayer meeting. Great. Today's the day. So don't let a lack of experience keep you from coming. And then the last thing I would say, this is just to give you a little something you might want to bring. I would encourage you to bring your Bible. You might have it on your phone. You might want to bring something to write with and a pen just in case God speaks to you. You feel like the Lord's saying something to you. You want to write something down and share it with me for the church. Whatever it is, I would just bring those things. So... Anyway, that's just a little taste of what we're doing this afternoon. We're going to come together. We're going to worship. We're going to pray. We're going to cry out for a few things. All right, we're going to pray for this church. We're going to pray for each other. And we're going to pray for the city of Macon. And we're going to come together and try to live out our calling as a house of prayer. And we say, God, we need you. We want to be the house of prayer you've called us to be. So we're going to come together today corporately. And again, everybody's invited. Everyone is welcome. And we'll hope you'll be there. And I promise you, we'll get you out of here by 6 o'clock so you can go home and eat, feed your kids, you know, do that last-minute science project your son just told you about today. Um, I did that all the time to my parents. And so um, you have my sympathies. But we're really excited. I think it's going to be really good. And this is a big, important step for us as a church. And I just want you to know we'd love to have you. So that's what's going on today.
So let me wrap up just by saying this. I know normally we end with a worship song, like whoever preaches, we share, and then the band comes up. We're actually going to not do that part today. I'm just going to pray in just a second, and then I'm going to dismiss us. And the reason we're just going to skip over that is we want to get you out of here as quick as you can so you can get back here by 5 o'clock. We're going to come back. You're going to get plenty more singing at 5 o'clock. So one song here, not doing it, you'll be okay. So, but again, thank you all very much for being a part of our church today. We're excited about this afternoon at 5 o'clock, and we just want to live out our calling to be a house of prayer. All right, let's pray.